Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and today we're in for a treat. I'm actually on vacation, and so I'm making a recording to introduce Isaac Fleming. Isaac is my guy, my head underwriter that really goes and works with all my students, and what he does is he does their underwriting for them, helps them unlock that cash flow calculator. And I think the really the mistakes that a lot of new investors make when they're actually doing underwriting. So Isaac's going to go over the most common mistakes new investors make when underwriting deals. I think you're going to find this episode very thorough, very interesting, and you want to pay attention because that's what we're doing at the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. We're bringing tremendous value. And listen, I've got a couple other new episodes after Isaac coming up that are going to absolutely crush. So pay attention and listen to Isaac. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. If you want to learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. All right, Corey, thanks for having me on. So my name is Isaac Fleming. I'm the head underwriter for Kahuna Investments as well as Kahuna Wealth Builders. Any deal that that comes through us, I get my hands on first. So any deal that Corey sees, um, any deal the student sees and wants to send to us, I'm the guy. So I've been underwriting for Corey for about uh, two years now. That's what I excel at. So it's uh, like Sean Thompson says from Thompson Multifamily Group, it's simple, not easy, right? So you gotta have attention to detail and later you gotta be able to interpret some numbers along the way. But underwriting is really fun and once you get good at it, it's really cool to pick out some, some really sweet deals, okay? So today's episode is going to be about 12 mistakes I see people making as well as some tips that helps me underwrite as well. So let's just jump right into it. One tip that I want to give everybody when underwriting is when you're inputting the data into your cash flow calculator, you'll usually have a trailing 12 expenses, a rent roll, and either an OM or a CoStar, right? Well, the only ones we truly need is the T12 and the rent roll. The OM is really just for pictures. Don't take any numbers off the OM, it's all crap. But anyway, your T12 and rent roll. What I like doing when I'm putting these numbers in my cash flow calculator is I will highlight them and color code them as I'm putting them in. So some of these T12s, they get pretty granular. Depending on the brokerage and where you get them from, everyone's gonna look different, right? I've got T12s that were scanned PDFs that were grainy and crooked and awful. And I've got really nice categorized T12s from your big brokerages, right? Your Marks and Millichaps, those type of places. But every T12 rent roll you're gonna get is probably gonna look different. Some of them are 10 pages, 12 pages long. Some of them are two. So what's helped me when I'm inputting this data is to color code everything. So expenses, green, losses, red. And when I'm going through each box, I'm making sure that I'm color coding those expenses, losses, anything. So color code your stuff, right? And that'll really help when, you, when you're in your expenses because maintenance expenses especially, you often have to add a bunch of different lines from the, your T12 expenses. You'll have contract services, all sorts of different crazy stuff. 
I turn all that orange, right? If it's orange, that means it's a calculation into a bigger expense. So that'll help you stay in line when you're inputting data from your T12. Now you can also apply this to the rent roll. So the rent roll, I'll go in and I will look for vacancies and I will highlight that whole bar yellow. So this is gonna come in handy when we're looking for our gross potential rents. So just go in before you do any work and look for those vacancies, highlight that whole bar, and that way you don't get lost, you know where to go. All right, okay, so now let's move on to the mistakes. So for my whole career underwriting with Corey, these are some common mistakes I see people make. And listen, they happen, but if you could not make them before, that could speed up your process of presenting deals to your partner, presenting deals to us, whoever, okay? But this is just 12 mistakes I see people make, and if you could avoid them, fantastic. It'll, it'll speed up your process quite a bit. All right, so the first one, and maybe the biggest one I see people make, is their strike price is too low, right? They put all the information in. Normally when you're underwriting these deals, you'll put the information in, and then you'll give the broker a call and say, hey, you know, what's this gonna trade at? What's the whisper on this thing? You know, What do you expect to see this property going at? What do I have to be at to be competitive at this property? And he's gonna give you a number. Don't put in 25% off that number when you're in somewhere in Central Texas where properties are selling for 100% of the asking price, 110% plus $250,000 down. You know That's not gonna work. So you're gonna bring that number back to the broker. He's gonna say, sure, submit an LOI because you know that's what brokers do. They work for the sellers. They like to say, look at all these LOIs. But you're not gonna be a real player in that game. So if you can't get close to that number, just politely tell a broker, hey, you know, I'm not the buyer for this one. And, and he'll appreciate that, you know. He wants to know that you're serious about buying properties and when you let him know, hey, I'm not your guy, you know, go somewhere else, then they'll appreciate that, right? So that's the first mistake is don't put your strike price too low. All right, second one is not putting enough CapEx in for your units, right? So typically we start at $4,500 per door CapEx. That'll cover your standard unit refresh. That's your resurfacing countertops, carpet clean, paint, that sort of thing. But you have to factor in if you want to do any exterior improvements as well. So any you know monument signs, LED lighting, roofs, that's all gonna be factored in that CapEx box. And I get deals sometimes where people put in $2,000 in CapEx and they want all this stuff done. And I'm just like, where's the money coming from? You know. So be sure and put in enough CapEx per unit in that box. You know, for example, if you have to put a $400,000 roof I'm on a complex and there's, I don't know, 150 units, you're gonna spend uh, just over $2,600 per door, you know, on that complex. So be sure and add whatever you think your exterior renovations are gonna be to that CapEx box and make sure there's enough money in there, all right? The next one is not putting the right insurance numbers in. This is another uh, pretty small but common one I see. So when you're putting in your insurance on the seller's side, it'll tell you a per unit cost. Um, our, our calculator just auto fills that, it's always there. On our side, it also has a per unit cost, but you can manipulate that box and change it. So be sure when you're putting in our insurance number that it matches the seller's insurance number, right? Because we're going off what they're spending right now. When we're getting into the underwriting process further down the road and you're on version two and three, you'll start getting quotes from insurance guys and you can put a better number in there. But starting out, make sure it's the same as the seller's number. And we have that expense growth in there as well. So don't worry about making it bigger or anything like that right now, but just make sure it matches the seller's number on your first version of underwriting. All right, next one, number six. This is a big, big, big no-no. Don't cut expenses to make a deal work. Guys and gals, if you have to cut expenses to make a deal work, 
It's not a deal. Don't try and make it work, okay? When you get to be proficient at underwriting, you can make a deal work. You can pull the levers to make any deal work you want. You should not do that. I can make any T12 rent roll look good, but the numbers aren't gonna be right, okay? So don't try and just squeeze a deal in and make it work by cutting expenses, because that's not how it works. Now, our expenses may seem high to you guys, that's fine, but that's what we know, that's what we do. So if you have your own expenses, fantastic, but whatever they are, stick to them. You know, Don't veer too far off what they are because your deal will suffer. If a property does not have enough capital to run it, then it's doomed from the beginning. So do not cut expenses to make a deal work. Just pass on it, go find another one. Trust me, there's a lot out there right now, okay? All right, next one is accelerating occupancy growth. So what this means is when we underwrite, we'll get a pre-filled cell where it'll say, you know, 18%. It's 18% vacant right now. Do not go from 18% to 6% in year one, right? That's not gonna happen. Even though we have a tapering model in our calculator, do not do that. So go from 18% to let's say 12% to six unless you know what the problem is. So for example, Corey bought property in Yuma where they had pretty high vacancies during the summer. Turns out it was corporate leases and they got rid of that and they could drop the vacancies really quickly. So that worked out. But if you don't know the situation, taper it down a little bit, make it smooth. You're not gonna go from really bad to really good and you know really quickly, it takes time. So taper that down. Same deal with your concessions. If your concessions are unusually high, I'll reach out to your broker and ask more questions about that and figure out why they're unusually high. But if they're at 7%, don't go to 2% year one because you know you don't even maybe know the problem yet. So taper that down, just be conservative, right? If you're gonna do better, say you're gonna do worse on paper, okay? So just don't accelerate, don't run quick, okay? Just chill out, make your expenses, taper off nice and easy or your income, whatever it is, just be easy with it. Don't rush these things. It'll end in disaster, okay? (laughs) All right, next one is baseless rent increases. So this is another good one. So when you're increasing rents, normally market is, I don't know, three to 4%, something like that. In a super hot market, it'll be a little bit higher than that, but normally it's about three to 4%. So year two is when we normally make our rent increases. So if we wanna spend that CapEx money we talked about on the unit, we will make that increase in year two. So. If we want to increase rents 10%, we gotta figure out how we can increase rents 10%, how we can increase rents 16%. I'll get calculators sometimes where I'll have these 12 to 18% rent increases year two, and I'll ask these people, all right, so where's this number coming from? And they're like, I don't know. Well, (laughs) that doesn't work, okay? We're dealing with a lot of money here. This is a big deal. It's a pretty serious business. And we have to make sure that those rent increases make sense and we can achieve those rent increases. Now, deal we're doing right now, we're putting 16% rent increases year two. That's a pretty big deal, but we've done our math. We know that market can support those 16% rent increases and we can get that because we looked at our competitors, we looked at what the property has already done, and we know we can get that increase. So whatever number you put in there, make sure it comes from somewhere. Look at a comp that's the same age, about the same vintage, that maybe they've started upgrading their units. Look at what they're getting for their units and figure out how much money it's gonna cost you and then put that same increase in your year two. Or, you know, oftentimes these properties will say, okay, well, 15% renovated. Well, how much of a bump are they getting in rents? And put that in your two, okay? So if you're gonna put an increase in year two rents, 
make sure it's coming from somewhere. Make sure that the number is not baseless. Be able to present it to your partners, whoever you want to present it to. Make sure you can explain your numbers well. All right? Are you ready for retirement? The majority of Americans are not. Failing Social Security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees' finances. 46% of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. So next thing, vague tax projections. So when we open up our calculator, it has about 25% tax increase in there. That's really, truly just a starting point, okay? Taxes are very, very dependent on not only your state, but your county, okay? So when I'm underwriting, first thing I do for taxes is I will call the county assessor's office. I'll say, hey, my name is blah, 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 blah. I'm with blah, 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 blah. And I'm looking to buy a multifamily property in your area. Can you give me a better picture about how taxes are calculated for multifamily properties? They'll say, yep. Or they'll say, no, you need to talk to this person. And they'll give you a number. That's fine. Call that person and they'll tell you about how taxes are calculated in that area. Normally they'll give you a formula and you can you know do the formula and figure out the tax increase. And then you divide that by what the current taxes are and that'll give you your projected bump in taxes. But be sure and call that person and figure out what the tax situations are. So for example, we'll bring up Texas again. Property taxes are super, super high in Texas. We're underwriting currently 115% increase in taxes year two in some areas, okay? But another property in Virginia, I just put a 5% tax increase in there because taxes are frozen until 2024. The way that municipality works is they do taxes and then they freeze them. So they're stuck for five years in a row. They did that last year. So our taxes are gonna stay the same even though the property changed hands until 2024. So that's why it's super, super important. You can't just plug a number in there and say, yep, taxes are gonna go up, that's how much. You gotta call somebody, you gotta do a little bit of math, but make sure that tax number is accurate because that can make or break a deal, okay? 0% taxes or 5% taxes versus 100% taxes year two, that can be a, you know, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars in expenses that will just keep going up. So be sure that you're super, super accurate in that or, or you're gonna regret it, okay? Next one is bringing rubs or residential utility bill back up to 100%. So sometimes I'll get these calculators where rubs will be 80 to 90% already. Don't accelerate it more from there. So depending on where you are, and this may be more of a national program also, you cannot collect a 100% utility bill back just because your employees of that property also use electricity and water as well. You know, keeping lights on the office, flushing toilets, you know, for the employees, that's using utilities on your dime. So you cannot bill the tenants for what the managers and the maintenance guys use. So my general rule of thumb is if the rubs are above 85%, whatever it is, just leave it there. So just leave it there. If it's at 89%, do 89%. The rest of the time you're gonna have that property. Do not bring it to 100% because you will not collect that. Um, it might be illegal to collect that. So, and that'll skew your income numbers and make your model not as accurate. So be sure and keep that either max out at 85% or if it's currently above 85%, just keep it there. So just keep it where it's at, all right? 
Next one is, and this is a big one, this is cap rate. So this is the single biggest lever for any underwriting software, right? You change the cap rate two points or half a point, it's gonna make a big, big deal. So if you're buying a property out of the middle of nowhere in the Midwest, small town, if, and it's a seven cap, do not project a five cap exit. Same thing vice versa. If you're buying it at a five cap, you know, don't put a seven cap exit, that doesn't make sense. So do your research, do your market research, get a CoStar report, talk to your brokers, and figure out what the exit cap is gonna be. Make an educated guess what that's gonna be. A good rule of thumb when I'm doing it is I will put it half a point higher than what I'm buying it at, right? So if I'm buying a property at a 5.5 cap, I'm gonna put my exit at a six. If that property still makes sense, it still makes money at that point, then I'm probably gonna do really well in my exit because it's probably gonna be at least a 5.5 cap or lower. That's just the way cap rates work. So do not accelerate that cap rate without sufficient evidence, okay? So that's another big another big no-no you, you cannot mess up is that cap rate, okay? And then the last one, and this is a pretty general one, verify your numbers, guys. When you're presenting this number to your potential investors, your potential partners, your potential GP, the worst thing that could happen is they pull up your spreadsheet and they see a, they see a big fat mistake right in front of them. Okay, verify your numbers, send it to a buddy, make sure that these numbers are right and accurate. If there's any time to be accurate, it is now, all right? If you can't do it, hire somebody to do it, <laughs> okay? That's what a lot of guys do. So they hire guys that are really, really good at underwriting, very good at details, very good at numbers and data entry, and then they interpret the, the data themselves. But make sure your numbers are accurate, okay? Because if you don't, you're gonna regret it. This is a pretty serious business. It's a fun business, right? It's, it's dealing with a lot of different people, a lot of relationships, a lot of money. And really all we're trying to do is create a better life for ourselves and sleep well at night, right? We don't wanna cut a deal so close and so tight that when we close on it, we're worried every night about, man, if this happens and I'm gonna lose a lot of money. No, we wanna leave some meat on the bone. We wanna be conservative and we wanna know that our numbers are right, okay? This is very, very important. So. That's my 12 tips and 12 common mistakes I see um, when people are underwriting. If you have any more questions, feel free to put it in our Facebook chat, right? I'm super responsive there. So put your questions in the Facebook chat. Thank you for having me on today. And you know what the man says, if you believe it, you can achieve it and your paradise is possible.